0: This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. All right, how are you getting on? You well? You good? H- or should I say, ho ho ho, you sledding on? Because uh, um, cause Christmas. No, look, how are you doing? You good? How's things? How are? Have you got all your bits? Um, sorry, I had. Do you know I had for lunch there. I had a fucking. I was going in I was going into the deli the Costcutter deli and I I'm a coward I'm a coward when it comes to the deli the deli I, I, I approach the deli and I, you know like it's a big bra you know I'm drawn to it but then when they're like all right what are you going to do about it you know then I just fumble I fumble like hey, hey, hey. Yeah, coleslaw and jalapeno and um what's the driest cold deli meat you have you know I'm a fumble it every single time so I was going to go in because you know what I like I like I like loading up feels very un-Irish of me but I was watching this fitness fella and he's like this is how much protein you can get from a deli and he's talking about it like a New York deli and he's like you just say a double portion of turkey double portion of ham you know so I was like that's what I'm going to do I'm going to get brown bread Sandwich with a double portion of turkey and a double portion of ham. Because sometimes I feel like I should just say that up front. Because a lot of time I am like, "Can I get a bit more, please?" I am willing, I am willing to pay extra as well. Like I am apologising, I am giving you cash. You, you should be. This is what I need to remind myself. These people should be like. How do we get rid of all this fucking ham? Oh my god! Oh, hang on. There is a hero who's just arrived. Uh, fucking Scrooge McDuck here with coins coming out of his eyes. Like he's crossing the river Styx, but he's also alive. You know? He's got coins coming out of every orifice, this cunt. And he wants double portion of ham. Thank God. What were we going to do with all this ham? That is the actual. That's how transaction work. That's how capitalism works, all right? We're all just rubes. And I'm the fucking rube who wants all of your ham and turkey. So I'm getting shy about it. Is it, a, sorry, is it okay? If I give you more money, can I also have more ham? Yeah. That's how economics works. But, yeah, I'm shy about it. So I was going to be like, that's what I say sometimes. Sorry, do you mind if I throw a bit more ham on there? And, and look, I will, I will give you. I'll suck it off. I'll, I'll do anything for you. You know what I mean? I I'll do anything for you. Please, you know. I'm getting all apologetic about it. But I was like, no, I'm going to go in there today for the first time ever and be like kind of a bomb bread sandwich, right? Do you have any light mayo? <laughs> of course I don't, right? Uh, and can I get a double portion of ham? Double portion of turkey. Uh, some onions on it. Um, uh, some lettuce. some not No lettuce. There's no point of fucking lettuce, right? It doesn't do anything. Just get the tomato. Just put the tomato on there. Lettuce is doing nothing. This is not like fancy lettuce. There is not a dressing. There is no way of tasting the lettuce. It isn't filling. Getting lettuce at a deli is just like, hey, can I spend 40 cents just to take the edge off this? Just so I really, I already don't like myself particularly well today. But if I put lettuce on there, then, you know, I can make some, do some kind of girl math in my head uh you know esteem math in my head to make it feel like I'm not a wordless piece of shit you know i made the effort to ask him for less i uh, excuse me i could have used both those films for cheese i didn't i used one of the films for tomato one of them for lettuce excuse me i could have used them you know i could have gone done sliced cheese and grated cheese but i didn't all right so i'm actually saving money but anyway there was a guy in front of me i had a plan for my, for, yeah, I was going to get tomato on it, so I had a plan, and then the guy in front of me looked like he got a guy, he's a guy who got his shit together, right, he had a lanyard, so I was like, fuck, I don't have a lanyard, I'm wearing a hoodie, this guy's got a lanyard, you know, thank God I'm not, not out in the dating market at the moment, you know, um, this guy's got a lanyard and a fade, you know, and he looked like he got his shit together, he had a pair of glasses on him that were not stylish, you know, looked like he maybe had just left them on from looking at the computer, you know, because he was a handsome man. You know, um, tall, good posture, better nick than me, and he goes up to order and he orders. I didn't even know you could do this. He's like, "Can I have two slices of bacon, a spicy chicken and cheese, please, in a roll?" I'm like, "What the fuck, you?" Do? I was like, "You don't look like, you don't. This doesn't look like every day for you, bro. What's going on?" But then I was like, "That actually sounds much better." And then I was like, do "You know what? That hey, I I'm same as him, you know." And um, so then when he left and when he was out of earshot. Even though he was right beside me and the lady was like, what do you want? And I was like, um, I was waiting for him to leave. Um, um, can I just have have the same as that man? She goes, yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. So that's what I had. I had a fucking, I mean, bacon, chicken fillet bacon burger with more bread. Can I get a chicken fillet bacon burger with extra bread, please? Would never order that somehow at a deli. That doesn't feel, that doesn't feel like the biggest fast food taboo, you know. So at the moment, I have that kind of like, you know, you know, when the bread. The bread feels like it's lodged in my heart, you know, and I'm and my breaths are kind of coming short and fast, like little bursts, not burping, but kind of like, you know, that kind of thing. So, so that's where we are. We're here. It's the greatest time of the year. The Late Late Toy Show review, the fourth annual Late Late. Toy Show review, and I want to thank you so much, you, the listener, uh, especially those of you who listened to maybe the first one back in 2019, four years ago, when I was like, I need to figure out how to, I can talk for an hour. What will I do? Well, I just watched Lately Late Toy Show, maybe I could talk about that, and the rest is history. So, I want to thank everyone who's been listening since then. Uh, you've been with me uh, in the highs, in the lows, in the sleep deprived, in the sick, in the uh, you know, through pandemics. Um, supported me on patreons uh you know gone to gone to gigs gone to live podcasts this has been the single most enjoyable thing that uh that i've done in my career and it's been the most consistent thing and i want to thank you for being there uh even if look i'm gonna be a bit soppy with you even if even if you have not had good days and we've all had bad days but very fucking bad day last week uh we all had a fucking national tragedy uh, of, a, of a fucking day uh, which I'll talk about in just a second but we've had good days and bad days and maybe you listen to this podcast and you might have a bad day I know some people message me sometimes and say uh, I was actually in a real fucking fowler and listened to your podcast and I got in a better form what well, can I say to you that the fact that you're there and whenever you listen you've made every day that I do this a very good day because I've always walked in here and I don't know I, know I don't visualize anyone specifically when I'm speaking to but I am speaking to you because you listen so When I've had very bad days, I've just picked myself up and I'm like, you know what, no matter what, I need to speak. I need to speak to that person or those people and you're those people. So thank you for dragging me along and getting me up. And out. you have been by just you listening, just your ear holes alone have been like, uh, you know, compassionate, personal trainers. Just being like, come on, get up, come on, do this, go on, do it for them, go on, get up, get up and get out and just make sure you just show up on the day and just make sure you show up every week and just do it for them. That's all you have to do. Don't worry if you think about it's it going to be good or bad. Sometimes it'll be good, sometimes it'll be bad, but get up and do it. So thank you very much for that. I do very much appreciate that. Um, I want to talk a bit about, very briefly, because I, I want to, you know, I want to talk about the Toy Show. I want to have a bit of fun and talk about Patrick keeltys Paddy, Paddy, as he's known to his friends uh is is lately late toy show debut but i but i want to talk a bit about thursday about because on friday we were watching the toy show and you know there was, a, there was a weird vibe all day um because you had in one day on thursday the saddest thing that i can ever hear uh, ever heard happening you know on a news story um followed by just the most disappointing thing you know all happening within you know uh you know a fucking square kilometer of of each other and just awful but i want to i don't want to get too um i don't want to get too focused on the wrong thing here on thursday uh there was uh, just uh, some kids this, this fucking guy showed up at a school with a knife was walking outside the school waiting for the kids to come out and then tried to stab them tried to stab as many kids as many kill to try to kill as many kids as he could he stabbed 3 and uh and stabbed some of the adults who were literally using themselves as a human shield in between a fucking n- big knife wielding madman and kids just literally getting in the way of a fucking knife to protect kids and um and it's it was awful it's just awful and uh everyone was talking about it no one could believe it there was an energy about it like what we do, which is amazing in this country, where something happens and we radically want to do something about it to make sure something like that can't happen again, or we want to ask questions, or we want to get to the bottom of it. Um, These things are so infrequent, luckily, that when they do happen, it gets a national conversation happening. But then what followed, of course, was a bunch of right-wing lunatics, a bunch of very, very mad people, A bunch of very, very mad people, some of which were um, right-wing extremists, um, going out, not even doing a march, but just going out in balaclavas to riot, burning out Lewis's, burning out a bus, burning out guard cars, kicking the heads off fucking innocent guards, unarmed innocent guards walking down the road, looting uh, (laughs) footlockers, breaking into fucking McDonald's to turn the McFlurry machine on and leave it overnight. Nice one. Unreal. Thank God for all the lactose intolerance. They're like, thank fucking God. I feel safer. I feel safer. You wasted all the McFlurry ice cream. It's people like you that ruin when we want to have a fucking milkshake and they're like, the ice cream machine's broken. Do you know what I mean? you ruined it. Anyway. All in the name of... uh, Ireland they they were saying you know going out there was apparently don't know how much this is misinformation or whatever but they were going to head down to fucking Veradker's house um, and try and get him get him you know like fucking dogs chasing a car you don't know what you're going to fucking do you have no fucking plan here and what was so disappointing was that on the Friday when it should have been a night of fucking vigils for the kids or, you know, thoughts and prayers or whatever it is. And I think we can use that term, fucking thoughts and prayers. We're not America. This isn't fucking gun crime. You know, we could have been thinking about what we can do. Now, the guards responded in three minutes to this thing happening. Um, You know, I know there's no talks of more guarded clampdowns, but what what's so disappointing is that on the, the the night of and the day after, we should have been talking about the kids, talking about how something like this can happen, now, I know there's a lot of talk about defense and guards and all this stuff, but the guards responded in three minutes, right? Um, uh, we should have a conversation about children's welfare, children's fucking health. Where's the fucking children's hospital? If this if this man had brought, broken into the, the whole school and killed everyone or tried to kill everyone, do we have the adequate facilities to have looked after every single fucking kid? If a travesty like this were to happen again, Where's the fucking children's hospital? You know? Um, when is it getting here? Where's Poochie? Um, what, what is being done for people with schizophrenia? What is being done to make sure that people who are um, mentally ill and violent are not out on the street or are being looked after or cared for or kept somewhere safe and comfortable? Um what is you know what, what 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 you know what about the school does the school have the adequate facilities does the school have enough first aid kits you know do, is the school looked after is the school in a rich area no is could the school and what of the schools are they are they underfunded is there training in any kind of uh first aid or whatever it is whatever conversation you want to have it should just be uh children's welfare uh mental health facilities Maybe if you want to talk about how the guards can respond quicker, fine. If there's procedures that mean that uh, uh, the, the the guards can get around the corner at a quicker time, sure. We could we're always I'm always open for hearing about that, right? Instead, the conversation is now where are we getting our fucking water cannons? Where are we getting our water cannons? We need to and I hear in the fucking radio one, we need to make sure that this can never happen again. Uh, Dublin is a safe destination. We need to I don't want to overly empathize here with the uh, perpetrators of of the riot, right? Um, But they're not happy. They're very unhappy, right? Has anything been done to figure out why some people would be that unhappy to do this thing? It's so disappointing to even be talking about the fucking riots and not just putting this all on welfare of the kids, right? Or mental health facilities or healthcare in general, right? Uh, And what can be done to improve that, right? But I feel like there's also no fucking conversation about why a small zero 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 point something percent of people can rile up that many people who aren't really that right wing. Why why are people breaking into a footlocker? Why are people so unhappy? Why is there such inequality? Why, you know, or, or, or even why is there a rise of right wing extremism? A small fringe group of right wing extremism that can coordinate something like this why is this happening why Why would they feel like they have to be seen like this why do they feel like they have to fucking light up a Lewis like a fucking torture fucking Gondor just to be seen why Why do they feel that way I do not in any way empathize. I don't want to empathize is the right word I, I do not in any way condone what they've done I'm so disappointed by what's happened it is not done in Ireland's name in the, in the, in the name of these kids in, in the idea of feel, making anyone feel fucking safe McDonald's is overflowing, McFlurries, yeah, we're all fucking great now, thanks very much. Thanks so much. When you've got nurses in their fucking rotunda that can't leave. When there's women who want to give birth and can't get into the fucking hospital to give birth. And you're saying you're doing this for kids. So I don't buy by any of that. But I also don't agree with a lack of communication about housing people in a housing crisis uh, with no communication to the community about it, you know? And it's so and I, don't, and I also didn't really like the fucking rhetoric of, oh, the, oh, the scum or fucking, you know, uh, just racists. And, you know, and just to be so. It's not that simple, unfortunately. There's a lot of people in that area who just feel so fucking invisible. And they're like, I need you to see me right now. And I think about in my lifetime when, you know, um, say Trump was elected. What? I can't believe that. That is not at all what was reflective on my newsfeed. They vote Brexit in. What? I don't believe that. That is not at all reflective of what I see in the community. I was living in London at the time. And then something like this happens and I'm like, sorry, there's right-wing fucking extremists setting shit on fire in Dublin. That, does, again, blindsided, right hook, out of nowhere. Because I'm... Because my world is not the rest of the world. And the world that we think that we have and the bubble that we have is not the rest of the world. I was even thinking about it because I was in town that day. It was, it was Indy's birthday, your first birthday. And we're in town. And, you know, I drive into town. I park in an expensive car park. You know, I'm only going to be there for an hour. I'm, pop, uh, uh, I'm popping onto uh, the graph and Quarter. The fucking graph and Quarter. I'm going into m and to get a caterpillar cake that costs 16 quid she is uh, amazed by the fucking bright lights of brown thomas so I bring her over to, and to show her like the christmas display of brown thomas like and i remember going home that you know uh, i remember but it was just fucking last week but i go i went home and when i saw the riots happening, and i was like i can't believe this is the same city but it is a completely different dublin it is it's it's a completely different there's the haves and the have-nots and not everyone that was involved in that riot was a right-wing extremist a lot of them were just hey I don't have fucking anything here and I'm not being listened to and I'm angry. I'm not saying that we open the fucking floodgates to hate speech. Uh, I, I don't want to hear any of that shit. I you know, I don't like this. I Even this whole, we'll just have completely unbiased free speech model that fucking Elon Musk is pushing on Twitter or any of that shit. I don't want to hear it, but we're going to keep getting blindsided if we refuse to acknowledge that there's a lot of very angry people out there and a lot of people who feel like they don't have a lot and that people who have just come into the country have more than they do. And in some cases, that's true. And, uh, you know, but there's also, I mean, look, there's also so much more to this. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not tar- I'm not saying entirely empathize. I feel like we should have woken up on Friday talking about uh, United as a country, everyone from all walks of life. What can we do to protect kids better? What can we do to help that area better? Are the kids outside of this even situation feeling safe walking home from school? You know, what can we do to help that? What can we do in Dublin one even just to start? What's up with the other uh, schools in that area? You know, this school that's just down the road, you know, they've had issues like this where of, of, of children feeling intimidated walking home. You know, we should have all been... And we can all get behind that. We can all get behind the idea of kids feeling safer walking home from fucking school. Um, I'm repeating myself now, but I feel like we should have been talking about the welfare and protection of people. And now we're talking about fucking water cannons. And now even just talking about it, just referring to everyone that was involved as a fucking thug, as a fucking scumbag. And... It's very similar, but like not—it's not the same. It's not the same at all. But it's very similar kind of language of just like you label something, label someone a thug or a scumbag in the same way you label this fucking whatever this guy's problem was, this schizophrenic, as like evil. Do you know what I mean? When you say evil or when you say thug or scumbag, it it, it cuts off any further investigation as to why someone would do something. Like we should be holding the politicians' feet to the fucking fire as to why some mentally unstable person could be walking around the street with a knife in the same way we should be holding their feet to the fire as to why hundreds of people are so angry that they, what are the policies? What policies have led to this many people out on the street burning Lewis's, right? And if defense is one of them, you can look at that. But what else is it? What are the other factors? What is it? Is it unemployment? Is it homelessness? Anyway, i am repeat myself. It just, it was a fucking weird vibe. I was thinking, and now Keelty's going to come out dressed as the fucking Gruffalo, and well, what is he going to do here? You know. Um, so I'm going to talk about the late late toy show now, but I felt like I had to just get that to say that because um, because it was very it was, anyway, it was very disappointing. Anyway, we're moving on. Hey, look, hey, whoa. late late toy show. So look, Keelty's first toy show. Anyway, I just had to say that because I felt like the energy was fucking palpable on the day. And it kind of colored a little bit the way we were kind of watching the show. <laughs> and I was like, after the day, after the most saddening uh, afternoon and then disappointing evening. Um, uh, I was like, what's going to happen now? Fucking Keelty coming addresses the Gruffalo. <laughs> like, what the fuck is he do now? But anyway, how it starts is it's kind of got a bit of an elf theme. Anyway, a few kids looking in a snow globe. They're looking at Keelty. Pennies from Heaven is playing. The premise here seems to be that Kilty is a reluctant host and they wanna kids are trying to dress him up as an elf and he's kind of like, oh, bah humbug a little bit. But then one of the kids puts like an elf hat on him and he starts smiling loads. Which I didn't get. I would just say as a pacing, for the pacing, I didn't quite get that. I think he needed a nice rule of three. They try and put some jingly boots on him, he's like, No. They try and put the tights on him, he's like, No. And then they try and um Then maybe they try and put the hat on him or something like that, and then he's like, oh, okay. But instead, it's like they put the hat on him, and it's like the cordyceps has infused with his skull, and all of a sudden, he's jovial. He pulls the weirdest, creepiest smile, and he's absolutely delighted with himself. He's making hot chocolate like they do in Elf, a load of fucking, you know, uh, marshmallows and sauce and all this stuff. It's all a bit of fun. Then the big kids come out. It isn't cute anymore. Um... It's the spotlight stage school. Look, they're very good dancers, but it's not cute anymore. You had some tiny kids running around the video. That was cute. Now, just kind of big, you know, you're kind of that kind of length where you're not quite a boy, you know, not quite a man. You're just kind of kind of like, you know, all these kids are like one arm longer than the other. You know, that kind of age It's kind of that weird age, right? It's not really cute. The kids aren't cute. <laughs> and it's the spotlight stage school again. And I wonder sometimes if the spotlight, the spotlight stage school seems to have like a monopoly. Overperforming in Montrose. I wonder if they're called the Spotlight Stage School because they're like the fucking movie Spotlight and they have some fucking pedo expose. <laughs> they have some pedo expose on the execs in RTE. Who's to say? And they're like, hey, if you don't let our kids dance on the show, we're going to release this like the film Spotlight. That's why we called ourselves Spotlight. Who's to say? But anyway, the kids are good dancers. Uh, then they do a bit where a girl is meant to be like getting really tall. And like her tights kind of grow. She's on a harness, but her shoes stay in place and her legs look like they're getting really big. All the, But the fucking clowns get the wrong angle. And you can see her kind of, she was obviously meant to be like standing behind Kielty in a framed shot, static shot of him dancing with the elves and all the Santa Claus coming to town. And then she was meant to kind of, I think, be craned out of shot and have her legs look like they're still growing. Instead, they have the side angle and the effect is completely lost. So they kind of blew that. Keelty, sorry, an important part here is he comes out of a toy machine, right, doing the splits, but they're fake legs. These are fake legs. and um, But it's a good effect, you know. Um, it's money well spent on a kind of conveyor belt kind of vibe. I think that's kind of, it's a good practical effect, I have to say, you know. Um, I mean, yeah, it's not Pat Kenny coming out on an elephant, but, you know, it's money well spent. The money is on the stage. Um then Keelty's a big softy. He says he's going to offer an extra hug to everyone tonight. And everyone's hugging their kids a little bit tighter tonight. Doesn't overdo it. Doesn't overdo it, which is good. The kid is still up in the fucking harness, right? Um, song's finished. Um, it's a big number. It's good, you know. Um, and Keelty's a big softy. He just says, look, I'm going to offer an extra hug tonight to everyone who needs one, you know. Um, he's obviously not because he understands his kid's watching this show and he's not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm sure the parents haven't said to their kids that, you know, what you know, haven't said, told them the, the awful news from yesterday, you know, Um, but doesn't overdo it. Eases us in like a nice warm bath, I have to say. You know, I was like, how is he going to do this? And I'm like, ah, this is how he's going to do it. He's going to fucking present the toy show. And you're like, okay, I think that's exactly what we need right now. So, uh, and Keelty also calls out the fucking cameraman that blew the shot, which is exactly the kind of witch you know not my time i'm picturing him like jk simmons you know um just really whipping those boys and montros into shape so that was i was well into that now i have to say then amelia comes out she does a bit of sign language um Kielty tells everyone that you can also watch this signed and, and, and subtitled and everything it's very inclusive it's very sweet um and now we got then we got the fucking big dog you want to call this chap atlas because he propped up the show. He carried the fucking show on his back all night, this chap. I'm not talking about Kilty. I'm talking about a little kid called Elfish Presley. We're talking about here. Right? This guy. He looks about five years of age. He looks tired now, I have to say. They all look pretty tired. It's very late. I don't know why they don't have the show on at seven o'clock, right? Very late. It's a very, very late show. Late, late show. Um, And they're like, here's our, our resident elf, Elfish Presley. Great pun. Like, this is the sort of whoever in the joke writing team was like, could get a fucking little kid call him Elfish Presley have him do the same dance 90 times give them the big books have them be head writer next year whoever was writing the show right Elfish Presley comes out does the business he's just basically pointing and then like he's kind of <laughs> like he's kind of coordinating traffic kind of pointing with one finger doing the Elvis kind of spinning the wheelbarrow with the other I'm not going to give him a review just yet but He'd be up there. Elfish Presley to be reviewed soon. So the shoes the show is already moving on at a different pace than it did with Tubbs. It still has it doesn't really have the bad puns, but we don't need it. I mean, there was a bunch of wasted time with the puns, you know? We've we've he's just presented. This is what's happening. We're on we're on rails here, right? And then we meet Nisha and Ocean. Oshin uh or Ocean uh, as KLT calling them. Um name's Oshin, right? But whatever. Kilde keeps calling him Oshin, right? And they're presenting this kind of pizza parlor kind of thing. Now, he's calling him Oshin, 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 right? And then all of a sudden, he's like, so Oshin. And I'm like, oh, hang on. What happened here? And I see one of the big grown-ups, maybe a a researcher or whatever, uh, slink away from behind the toy chest. And I'm like, there was a fucking lad off screen, whispered in his ear saying, call him Oshin. And I was like, hey, no fucking flies on me. I spot everything, right? Anyway, it's Nisha and Oshin. And they're showing off some pizza. Uh, so then Keelty's like, all right, what we put on the pizza? Nisha wants lemon. Uh, Oshin wants to put pear on the pizza. And I said to my wife, I said, Terry, need to bring these kids to fucking Bambino's, bro. Bring these fucking kids to Bambino's. Show them a real fucking pep slice. These kids, never had a pizza in their life. Should they have been the pizza gurus, you know, of this show because they don't know what a one is. You know, they're putting lemon and fucking pear on it. Then they do a bit of a supermarket thing. Uh, All they put in the trolley is lobsters and bananas. Uh, All of a sudden, Keelty's got uh, a a string of fucking garlic wrapped around his neck. He obviously must have found out maybe while... The uh, the researcher was in his ear. He was like, "Oh, by the way, his name is Oshin, and he's a vampire. He's seven hundred years old." Being like, "What?" Kilty immediately gets the fucking garlic on. Osheen is rocking a Chelsea boot. Maybe Kilty thought Osheen was a vampire because he's rocking um a pair of denim leggings and Chelsea boots, and maybe Kilty is just not familiar with that kind of you know shortage goth kind of look. Um, and he's like, this kid must be a vampire. Can I have the garlic around my neck right now? So they fuck this concoction all in a pizza oven. Uh, the banana, pear, lemon and lobster. And then it comes out a real pizza. <gasps> uh, and it looks like they ordered it. They could have easily just put a fucking Goodfellas. Now, to be fair, it looks like an ordered pizza. It looks like maybe they got it from Romeo's of Donnybrook. Um, and they could have easily just got a Goodfellas and saved some money on something else. So I would be having a good look at them fucking receipts now Why they need to order a Romeo's. Now, I know the audience were eating it. Maybe they can get it away with a kind of expense catering, whatever. But um, they could have easily done it with like a, a Dr. Utker. Anyway, look, um, just show me the receipts. Anyway, so then they put like a cookie in like an easy-bake oven or something, and that doesn't even come out. Um, Nisha's now gone. Nisha's gone walkabout, leaving poor click clocking around the stage in his Chelsea boots. He makes Paddy uh, an American. No, he makes him a cappuccino, even though Keelty specifically asked for an Americano. But we eventually find Nisha. She was hiding behind the pizza oven. Uh, Keelty wheels the pizza oven out of the way, and Nisha's just standing there. Um, and I have to say, look, uh, Oshin. You're a style champion. You've got a cool shortage vampire aesthetic. I'm going to be giving you three stars. I think you worked hard. Uh, You didn't have a good partner in Nisha. Nisha, I'm going to be giving you one star love, and I hope you don't cry, right? You're just a small child, but you cannot. Look, I've been in some bad improv before in my life, all right? But you never leave the stage. You can never leave the stage. You cannot leave your partner high and dry on that. I know the pizza bit wasn't working for you, hon, but yeah, that doesn't mean you can leave the stage, right? I'm going to chalk this down to nerves, but I'm still going to only give you one star. We then move on to Anna, who's uh, rocking some Gabby's Dollhouse toys. Um, not a huge fan of Gabby's Dollhouse. It's very toyetic, you know, It's an industry term, being like a piece of property, kind of based around flogging toys. Now, this is fucking rich coming from me. Um like He-Man is exclusively based on the toy line and they brought in new characters from the Turtles all the time so they could sell more toys. You know, um, I've bought all the toys. I had Terminator toys, right? So I don't know. There's something about Gabby's Dollhouse. I think it is. Do you know what it is? Do you know where it comes from? I feel like Gabby's Dollhouse is based on, you know, like Ryan. Is that his name? Ryan's World? That kid on YouTube that plays with toys that has like 100 million subscribers and all he does is just review toys and now he's got his own kind of toy line. I think even now as an adult, even though it was probably like 20... 30 when i found out about this kid ryan playing with toys on youtube i was jealous even at 30 and i'm not over being jealous of this kid and gabby's dollhouse reminds me of that kid and i hate gabby's dollhouse so that's just my whole shit that i'm dealing with right now um but there seems to be a lot of toys in this show they they bring out these things called biggies which is kind of like a Panatoni box that you pump up with a foot pump and then a little plush inflatable toy pops out there's a lot of one and done toys there's another one later on um Where, like, Beast Lab, where you can kind of make a beast with goo. Seems to be one shot only, like 109 quid. There's, like, um, we'll get to that later. There's also, like, a Hello Kitty kind of coffee cup that you pour water on the top. And the top kind of disappears. And then you pull out a little plush. A lot of one shots. A lot of one shots. Um, You know, wouldn't really fly in my day. But whatever. So, they pump up the Biggie. uh, And Biggie then starts rapping. I think it's Biggie and Diddy. They kept saying it's Biggie. But I... Pretty sure it was Diddy who was rapping. Um, was it Mo' Money, Mo' Problems? And But I think they thought that they would be able to like get away with just the intro. But they're still pumping when the rap kicks in. And then that's when Kielty's like, oh, there's some very colorful language there. I really thought we weren't going to get this far. Um, so then he reefs the biggie out of the box, unpumped. And it looks like he's holding a bashed seal pup um, and uh, doesn't do well. I wouldn't buy a biggie after seeing it, shall we just say. Then Anna starts jumping over a kind of wipeout-style death trap, kind of like a moving skipping rope. Uh, It's covered in foam. I think it looks like they put foam on it. I don't know what's under the foam. Maybe knives. Probably not. Um, And then Anna keeps going. She's got a lot of energy. Um, I'm going to give her three stars. She didn't make a huge impact. Do you know what? I'm going to give her two stars, right? And I'm actually going to give Oshin two stars as well. Um, It takes a lot to be a five-star kid for me. We're talking John Joes, or we're talking about uh, incredible bravery, uh, incredible uh, perseverance, you know, or just a good laugh. That's a five-star kid. Four-star is, oh, this kid's got a good bit of crack. Three-star is good. Two-star is bad. And one-star, two-star is maybe like okay, but kind of forgettable, and one star is kind of like, uh, wasting my time love, you know, so I'm going to give Anna two stars, and I'm going to give Ushin two stars, with the greatest respect if anyone ever spoke to my kids like this I would fucking go through them for a shortcut but, you know, this is the fourth year, we've got to keep doing this shit, anyway I also noticed there was a serious lack of quips from Keelty. Um, now, Terry was like, oh he's just letting the kids play with the toys, he's just focusing on the toys and I'm like, yeah, but like, even Gabo would kind of like look at the screen like he's like, um, like Oliver Hardy, do you know what I mean? Or something, or Jim from The Office. Uh, Tubbs would just nervously kind of feel the energy. Now, it feels more relaxed, it doesn't feel like something's going wrong with Kilty. It's very competent hands, but I did notice at this point a serious lack of quips. I'm like, why didn't he say that? Why didn't he say something else? Where's his focus now? Is he too in his head? Anyway, Elfish comes back, uh, he misses his cue, doesn't matter camera's just focused on him he's looking at the camera I mean, it's very late it's like a quarter past 10 for this five-year-old and he's like oh, yeah yeah and he's like oh shit and he starts swinging the arm around brilliant absolutely brilliant he knows when to turn it on when the camera's on so the audience get 150 quid uh, from ikea um which you know fairly classic present you know you could get two couches for that maybe even three k3 cou- three. you can get five shit couches for that so that's pretty good but if you're going to ikea you know, you're already, you're probably going to drop another two hundred quid on top of that. You know, but I tell you, you can get a lot from that now. I'm, I'm a huge fan of IKEA. Um, then you got the kids from um, I don't know if it's Spotlight this time. I think it could be um Miss Alley, um, and they come out to saying naughty a little a little bit naughty, and no one does the really good dance from it. You know, that kind of popping and locking and a uh, bit that was a huge TikTok trend of people dancing to that song. Um, And then, anyway, then we see um, these kids, and they're all huge fans of Matilda. Tess says she's seen it in the cinema once, and she's seen it 18 times at home. They love it. There happens to be a big poster, a poster that looks so thin you could almost walk through it, of Alicia. Alicia, who is Matilda in the movie, does a video message. Um, And I have to say, it's a little bit wooden. It's a little bit... uh, Hello, everyone. The Late Late Show, and I'm not. I don't want to be having a dig. She's a very good actor, but you know what I mean. I think the ch- child actors sometimes get a pass because their parents are actors, and they've actually learned phonetically the night before because their parents have been like, "No, do the line again. Do the line again. Do the line again. Do the line again. Do the line exactly how I'm saying it with this level of inflection, and then look down at this point, and they kind of learn it. It's very, very rehearsed, you know. Um, You're just doing reps at home for your fucking dinner. Do you know what I mean? And I think that her parents really should have helped her. Just even to save face with this video message because it's a little bit wooden. Um, So obviously she has to come out because there's a poster very thin, you know, as I said. uh, Looks almost like you could step through it. And... um, they sing the song. They sing a little bit naughty. Uh, it's okay. Um, again, they're missing that kind of pop and lock and movement that I saw because the actual dancing in that scene of the movie is incredible. You know, uh, it's 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 some expert fucking choreo. And I would say this is a bit amateur. and it's go- Like, it, But it's the sort of shit that I'm after. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, yeah, these are just normal people. You know? Because sometimes you can have people really going for it and it not quite sticking the landing. And that's harder. And then you can have some people who fucking kill it on the on the toy show, like voice of an angel or like, being like, oh, my God, this is a future star here, you know. Um, but I like people who are just like, oh, yeah, they actually just are giving it with gusto. They're like a bunch of Pierce, uh, Pierce Brosnan's uh, in in Mamma Mia. Do you know what I mean? Just like not quite hitting the notes, but they're having a great time. Uh, and I'm here for it. And then Alicia does come out and the girls can't believe it. And she hugs the kids. And I cried. One of the kids also seems like they're like 30. But even they're crying, which makes me think that they are a kid and I'm an asshole. So uh, it's very sweet. Then um, so I give their performance uh, three stars. I give their performance three stars, which is good by my scale. All right. Then Kielty gets a Stetson on, brings out uh, Freya from Lucan. She takes out uh, these little uh, little horses, uh, uh, Lear uh, and Popcorn. Uh, Popcorn looks pure evil. Popcorn has these black eyes, Chief, like a doll's eyes. Uh one of the horses looks like kind of black Philip from The Witch, you know. Dost thou desire butter? <clears throat> Dost thou desire butter? You know? That kind of vibe, like it's talking to her. Um they do a kind of thing where they're playing with horses, jumping over things. Keelty's trying to do a kind of show jumping commentary. And you know what? It's a bit too much fucking focus on the toys. You know, like, I know I, I know, I give out some years and I'm like, Tubbs is not putting a focus on the toys. This is a bit too much focus on the toys. I'm like, can we not get a sweet spot here? A, a few fucking quips. I was like, what will the toy show look like in the hands of a competent comedian? And at the moment, I'm not fucking seeing one. i with the greatest respect to Keelty. I hope to be on your show sometime, bro. Right? I like you as a person. But I'm thinking, like, where are these fucking quips, bro? Where are, I mean, it's a horse here. Do you know what I mean? Um, Glue factory, something like that. Do you know what I mean? He's focusing on the toys a bit too much. Um, But anyway, uh, the pivot goes into um, Freya having gone to Equian Therapy. That's one of the charities that they support. And they launch a toy show appeal. And I was like, what? Supporting kids? I thought burning fucking Lewis's to the ground was the only way to support kids. What's this about an appeal? And a big box opens up to launch the Toy Show Appeal. Keelty brings the cameraman over to point in the box to show that it was actually two people who shot the box open, who pushed open. One of them threw confetti, and the other one opened the box. It's nice. He's breaking the fourth wall. Patrick Keelty is E's Deadpool. I've said it time and time again. He gives Freya a trip to Paris to see the show jumping at the Olympics. She can't believe her luck. I, but I, at this point, I was wondering, do they like have a drawer full of the most random fucking tickets? Because I know they buy a lot of tickets for shit to give to, like, you know... Sponsors maybe not so much anymore, but that was a huge thing in the big tub scandal, the RTE scandal, that they'd like, spend a lot of money on tickets for things. Are they like, going through a drawer being like, fuck, 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 fuck. Is anyone in the show gym? Is there anyone in the show gym? Is there anyone who wants to see, go on a train? <laughs> can, we, can Anyone just find a train kid? I'd say it's someone's full-time job to, to leaf through the, the drawers, the, the, the half-empty drawers of tickets in Donnybrook and just find kids that will want to go to the things that they have tickets for. Um... But, you know, it's a smart way of doing it as well. And we've got Aaron and Ethan. They're pushing kind of dino things. They come out. They're wearing masks. Keelty lets out a huge... Ah! Aaron really doesn't know how to go roar. So he goes... Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Which is a funny noise. Is all I'll say about that. Uh, and then we meet... And then they have the full lineup of all the toys that I was trying to push Sonny on. Uh, you know, fucking... Uh, gujitsu uh, Monsters of, like... Just these big fighting... Fucking jacked... Like you know, hammerhead sharks and stuff, and the B-slab, which looks unreal. I don't know what it is. It's kind of like a conical flask that um, you pour in on the top, right, an ingredient. It fills up with goo, right, and then you press a button and release a thing, and then the goo kind of secretes down and out into the base and reveals a fucking action figure in there. Now, it's obviously just a false floor that somehow mechanically puts in a toy, in this conical flask somehow from the base don't know how it works it's likely a one and done toy but i'm fucking here for it and while aaron and, and ethan were talking i didn't have a f- i didn't know what they were saying i just kept looking at it because ethan says no we can't let this thing out until it starts until it stops blinking which goes on for ages right so i don't know why it takes that long anyway i was hooked on that i was really trying to push that on the young float. he didn't want it this year maybe another year and um, they also bring out like a transformer toy that actually changes. These kids are fucking spoiled. Like you kids today. Fucking spoiled. You're talking about an Optimus Prime that can just turn into a fucking truck. Come on. I would to be like, Dad, will you turn this back for me? Yeah. Dad, will you turn them back to a robot, please? Yes. Dad, I'm finished doing that. Can you turn them back into a truck, please? Yeah. You know, don't know how to do it. Maybe I do. It's that thing that's 1% too hard. I'm not going to do it, my man. You're going to fucking figure that out, right? <laughs> you know? um. But anyway, it reveals a shark. A shark is one of the uh, B slab things that comes out after it eventually is revealed. It's a bit of a letdown, I have to say. I kind of... I think that has done that more damage than good because it looks amazing in the Smiths catalogue and looked pretty shit. I'm going to give the B slab toy, uh, you know, uh, two stars because it's still a lot of bells and whistles. You know, uh, it's not totally shy. I'm going to give Aaron... Three stars because he was very chatty. He got a cool voice, uh, very cute. Ethan, I'm so sorry, man. You're you know you're a good-looking kid. You're gonna have a great life ahead of you. Um, but I'm gonna be giving you one star, bro, because it was fairly. You know, I know you were very focused on, you know, the B slab. Now I'm gonna give you two. I'll give you two stars. All right, I'll give you two stars. You eventually got the B. You brought the focus back to the B slab when we needed to see what was happening with the B slab. So you were just very diligent. Um. And, you know, best of luck to the two of you, right? Then, moving on, um, we got Sadie, who's a gale gore. She's got a Fania Orr, man. Um, and she's got Irish dolls. One's called the Eco Lattie or something. It's all about eco toys, which is great. Which is great. I mean, I do have to say, uh, you know, Happy Meals are pretty shite these days. I'll, you know, with the greatest respect to saving the earth and all that, Right. The Happy Meals are pretty shite these days. I don't, I you know, I'm not talking about going back to Wasteful Plastic, right? But it's like, you know, here's a, you know, Mario's the movie. I'm like, unreal. And I'm like, here, Sonny, you should get a Happy Meal. He's like, yeah, I might. No, you should, man. And eventually he's like, all right, I will. You know, because I want to see what the Mario toy is. And it's made a card. Now, they slot together. It's very well done. But like a fucking plastic Mario toy I could be playing with. You know what I mean? Like, I used to just play with so many Happy Meals toys. Just give me a fucking box of loose Happy Meal toys, man. Anyway, they're a bit shit now. I'm all for, you know, eco toys and all this, you know. Um, and she shows off, um, you know, it's a doll that made her own clothes. There's some dolls made of card. There's a Grand Designs kind of like style eco dollhouse. Um, but my friend Claire pointed out that um, Sadie is wearing a dress made exclusively out of plastic. It was a sequined uh, dress that is literally had to do plastic. Um, so, you know... There's that as well, Um, and it's not the only time we're going to see that dress tonight. Sadie, look, you did a good job, love, but I I was kind of a bit busy. I think that was when I started making popcorn, so, you know, I wasn't fully watching, but um, thank you, and it's two stars. Then we go to Sophie, who's watching the show in what looks like her own personal cinema, and then someone told me that it was actually uh, a hospital, and it felt bad, but she's uh, from Tipperary. She's been in Crumlin, and... um, and she's watching it in, like, a little cinema room. I think it's in the hospital. I realized that. I thought it was her own personal cinema, and I felt bad then after I said that. Um, and so then I was like, how is she going to get there from Tip? And they were like, no, she's not in Tip. She's in Crumlin'. Anyway, uh, she walks in. It's almost like her dad's in there fucking an hour before, hot boxing, probably watching Bob Marley live or something because it's so steamy in there, and they do nothing to wipe the lens. And... Um, so can we not just get, can we not do a fucking whip around? Can we spend less on ordering in from Romeos in Donnybrook and spend more money on uh, unfoggable lenses? Because isn't that the first time this has happened on your watch, Guilty? All right, on your watch, on your head, so be it. Anyway, we move on. We've got a bit of top quality trad. Here we fucking go every year. It's always a fucking sesh. Starts off a little slow. One of the kids is called Dallin. That made me laugh so much. Is his name fucking Dallin? It starts kind of slow. They're singing kind of, you know, about Caledonia. And then we get into a fucking proper sesh. Proper tap dancers. The Bowron kids are fucking killing it. Then you got an acoustic kid um, with red hair. He's singing Wild Rover. He's got the voice of a fucking angel. He's absolutely incredible. It was. Uh, I would have to say I would give the, some of the tap dancers three stars. I would give Wild Rover kid four stars. Um, but I do not give star ratings to the acts, usually. So, sorry about that, but you'll get them for that. Then we have sports kid Stevie! And he's reading a book about sporting heroes from Ireland. Uh, He mentions even in it that um, Patrick Gielty is mentioned in the book because he was the sub-goalkeeper and made it to the All-Ireland. And then Guilty says, yeah, and then I was the full goalkeeper and we didn't get to the All-Ireland for the next three years. (laughs) And then there's some some Irish sports game called Antics. And uh, Stevie's like, yeah, it's a very good game if... And he whispers in Keelty's ear, if you have someone to read the cards. But he accidentally speaks straight into the mic. I'd say he was fucking mortified with that. He reveals to be a Liverpool fan. Keelty is mortified and he storms off. Um, He shows somebody other sporting toys he has. He's got a model at Croke Park. He says he got it off his sister. He says, what do you think of that? He says, it's very nice but delicate. I felt like he was talking directly to me there. I feel like that would be on my, um, very nice but delicate would be my autobiography. Uh, He does five frog hops. This kid would do very well in the bleep test. They do a bit of an obstacle course, but Stevie cheats and he grabs a hurl that has a ball attached. Now, I think what happened here, because it was the big hurl, is that Keelty was meant to grab the big one and Stevie was meant to try and do it with the one other thing. And then Keelty was meant to win by cheating. But the kid grabbed the wrong one because Keelty took too long with the dribbling. Look, it's a bit of a fuck up. I don't think it was really thought through. And then Stevie sings Ireland's call which they fucking love out there. That is the uh, the Montrose National Anthem out there. They fucking love it. Bundyaki and Peter Manny come out. Uh, Stevie says, this is the best day of my life. He has his hand out for ages, but the rugby lads just fucking seize up. They don't see it. They just don't do anything. It was like watching the fucking New Zealand match all over again. They're just like... Totally seized out. Totally blimped it. With the greatest respect to those two heroes. Um, and uh, Stevie has a great time. I would give Stevie you got a good bit of personality. I'm going to give him a three as well. No one has made it into the four yeah, so far. You know, Um no, he's good, actually. He's good. He kept the show going. It was adequate. You know, in a, if I was more moody, I'd give him a two. I'm giving him, I'm giving him just about three. All right. So anyway, and then a word from our sponsors PTSD, right? PTSD fucking D. Uh, and the whole their whole thing is, oh, we're going to show nostalgic moments from from the late, late history. And I'm like, at first, i like, it just says like nostalgic moments or something, you know, remembering the best moments. And I'm thinking, oh, great, we're going to see like, you know, some moments. We never, I've never really watched that. They never really kind of throw callbacks how long this toy show has been going on, you know. It'd uh, be nice to see some moments from like Pat Kenny and Gabo and all the lads. Uh, but that's not what they're doing. They're just like, so they say nostalgic moments, and then it'll just flash across across the screen the writing. Remember when the kid met his hero? And another one will be like, when army dad met came home. You know? And I'm like, what the fuck is this shit? Remember when the kid met his hero? You lazy fucking shower of bastards! If that isn't already AI, sack whoever that fucking copywriter is. Remember when the kid met his hero? Magical moments. You fucking kidding me? Lazy. Greedy. Anyway, we come back, and then there's a bit of a Barbie set piece. All the songs from Barbie. There's a piano uh, and a soloist. They're very good. They sound really great. But then you've got the kind of um, Kate McKinnon ugly Barbie. I think she's very strong. Uh, she absolutely smashes. Then you've got some kids coming out there rapping. Uh, Keelty is dressed as Ken in a box, and some kid comes out and says, Back in your box, Baldy. Baldy. Um, which I thought was a good gag. I never really thought Keilty was bald. He must have contributed that one himself because I don't think anyone would see that about him. Um, it's a good gag. It's fine. They move on. Keilty still rocking the abs. It's a bit funny, right? Um, you know, it's a fun, fun little costume. And then we meet uh, Kenza. Uh, she's a new girl with a kind of showing little Barbie, um, Barbie's Dreamhouse kind of vibe, um, and she's rocking the exact same dress as Sadie. The head-to-toe plastic number, and I'm sorry, Sadie, I think Ken's is rocking a little bit with the greatest respect. I think Ken's is rocking it uh, a little bit better than Sadie with the greatest uh, with the greatest respect. Um, she mentions that uh, she got one of her favourite dolls. Um, it's called Ornia, which is the same name as her mam in Irish, Anne. She got it for Eid, which was nice. Just mention a bit of Eid there, you know, uh, without bringing too much attention to it. She puts a little, uh, one of the Barbies called Candy in a water slide. Um then, then this is one of the bits of the night. Then Orny is like a little Irish dancer kind of doll. And then they play Riverdance. And then Keelty comes out with a load of other dolls and a stick. And they're, and I just, the, just seeing little dolly feet, just tip-tap on a table, make me so happy. I would say Kenza is a three-star, a strong three. Um... But I don't know if Keelty's asking the right questions. It's just a little bit just too much fucking focus on the toys. And I, we're not getting a lot to know about these kids. But all is going to be fucking forgiven in a second. Because then we have seven-year-old fucking Shamey. He's coming out with a Lego set. This fucking lad sounds like he's been smoking since the day he's been born. He's got an amazing voice. He's from Claire. He says stuff like he holds court whenever he speaks. He says, I'll tell you what, Patrick. I Bet you didn't think you had something in common with a chap from Claire. And they said, what's that? Both are for show," And laughs his ass off. He just holds court, says things at the right pace, delivers a punchline with an inflection of a joke, and it's the biggest joke of the night. The audience go fucking mental for it. And uh, he says his granny's got an old uh, collection of Lego, and she goes, she wouldn't let me bring it out of my own house, but she let me bring it to the big smoke. He's good TV. There was even a petition afterwards to buy him a pint uh, after the show. Do you know what I mean? Um, he even said that his uncle had to take the day off uh work to fix a Lego set for him and he's like, Where does he work? Now Patrick, I wouldn't want him getting into any trouble like he's fucking amazing. He, and uh, he has to take the Monday off school. And we see a little bit about his life. He sends he says that his uh his granddad doesn't want him to become I think he says he wants to be a a bricklayer and his his granddad's like, You should get a job that you're passionate about, like a postman or a guard, something you're passionate about And as he's like and it's always someone he says, Hey, you picked your own career, let me pick mine you know? Chap's having fucking ructions at home at the age of seven, you know? um let me live my own fucking life old time right you had your old man look at my life i'm a lot like you man you know and um i'm gonna give Shane four stars i think he was absolutely he was probably the standout kid of the whole show uh without without calling calling it already but he was probably the standout boy of the show uh he absolutely smashed it he was sound bite after sound he was clear he was legible he held court in a way that only culture, confident coaches can do. He was amazing. Then Elfish is back. He's doing some swinging arms. They've got some post. Keelty's got a train hat, some white gloves. And here we go. The cars are fucking switching it up. So, this is what I love this year, right? Not Rather than just get the parade of people coming through, right? You've got, uh, you know, cars coming through. Fisher Price cars, driving cars. You've got, you know, people on quad bikes. Uh, bicycles Which I don't, I don't think Should be allowed to compete Lads coming in On the fucking bikes I boo every year To kids who come by On the bikes Give me a 4x4 four four. Give me all the things That I'm not allowed to have I have a bike I don't want to see it Not anymore actually I had it stolen But what they've switched it up This year Rather than just the parade of, of vehicles There's also costumes So these kids are coming out In costumes Emer comes out She dresses a princess She's smising, She's smiling with her eyes then they bring out a fucking kid who's just wearing a GAA kit. That could be any old Cultchies kid. Do you know what I mean? Like the amount of Culty kids who come on that, that show just wearing the fucking gag gear anywhere. There in no way is that is that a costume. But it's a quality parade. I really appreciate them changing it up with the costumes. I think more of that. Kids in costumes is always good TV. Then we get some kids in funny hats reviewing books. Um and you got Charles, he's got a gorgeous voice. He does a Yeats. Quote, and he fucking kills it, although he keeps emphasizing the word spread, and then you want to spread, and no, and don't tread on my dreams, and gets a, a huge pop from the audience. He's also an amazing artist. He whips out an amazing painting he did at Kielty. Kielty's likeness is great killed he was right to point out he does actually look better in the painting than he does in real life jack from dublin loves to read you got a couple of books here mr wolf goes to the ball which is about a trans wolf which i actually read to my young fella. it's a really good book it's about uh, uh it be a or it could be a cross-dressing wolf but it's a wolf that just prefers to wear dresses um but it's really sweet uh you've got an amazing book from Eva dooley that gets mentioned um and then you got sofia in the sombrero um, thick Spanish accent and then I find issues from Cork and you know when you have that kind of thing where you're like what accent is that and you can't quite recognise it and you're like this is foreign what accent is that uh, I thought it was Spanish then I thought it was Dundalk and then it turned out to be Cork so more film me she raps but she forgets some of the words the poor thing now I've been there, love. I have been there with, you know, live audiences when I've forgotten what I've done and I'm like, ah, and just stop the song. I've been there in situations where I'm just at a fucking afters and I'm like, let's get a fucking sing song going and getting everyone invested in the idea of injecting more energy into the night and then forgetting the lyrics and not only embarrassing myself but ruining the night, sucking the life out of the night by forgetting the lyrics after telling everyone we're going to have a sing song. Do you know what I mean? It's, it, I know what it's like and to be honest, you know, some people Some parents are actor parents that get the reps in with you overnight. Maybe Sophia didn't have that privilege and I feel for her and I hope she's not kicking herself in the next few years but I fucking definitely will be. Anyway, then you got some kids playing Sonic and Mario. One's playing uh, Sonic, one's playing Mario. Um, uh, Paddy has a bit of a dig at them. Saying what I love about these kids is that they're like, oh, oh, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm sure I can multitask, play a game, and talk at the same time. Uh, and I actually, you know, uh, I, I actually could be ours being here. And they're like, oh, actually, I'm ours being here. I actually am ours being here. Sorry, you know, one of the kids actually gets really defensive, and I feel like they're they're like, you know, hang on, sorry, you asked us to play this game at the same time. You know what I mean? Don't be having a dig at me. Um, they call, they say hi to some of their, They do a couple of call outs. Shane says, um. Uh, I want to say hi to my teacher and I want to say hi to my principal and he's like hi to your principal what a lick very good gag more of that kind of shit the kids can take it you don't have to be so gentle with the kids the kids can take it then Bonnie comes out she sings Peaches from Mario she fucking smashes it we see a montage of some of the kids from Jack and Jill Foundation I start crying Um, then we head to Japan you got a kid um, hang on what am I I giving these kids alright sorry I'm giving uh, I'm going to give Charles with the voice Three and a half stars. I'm going to give Jack from Dublin, who likes to read. He's very energetic. I'm going to give him two stars. I'm going to give Sophia two stars as well, because it had potential. Could have been a four-star performance, and I'm so sorry it wasn't. Um, I'm going to give, what are these kids called playing the games? I don't know. They're forgettable. I'm not even going to give them any stars. Um, Bonnie comes out. She sings Peaches from Mario. She fucking smashes this. she got a serious fucking set of pipes on her. She honestly sings like she's in Journey. Do you know what I mean? Like proper, like um, Steve Perry. Kind of, uh, you know, better than that, though. And we see a montage of some of the kids from Jack and Jill uh, Foundation. And I'm crying loads. And um, it's very, very sweet. Then we had to Scarlett, who's 10. She's into Japanese toys. She's got some cool shit over here. She's got manga. They're talking about anime. Uh, they've, for her surprise, could have flown this. Could have flown this kid to Japan, but no. Obviously, the um, the drawer of, uh, of of corporate tickets had been raided and the tickets to Japan had been snatched up by someone else. So, unfortunately, she gets a drawing of herself as an anime woman. Uh, and she's a real pro, though. She's very cool. Uh, the toys are quite cool i mean it's cool they got video games they got cool japanese toys you know they uh not any superhero stuff this year but they got stuff for everyone this year and there was some toys that would have interested me and then we see the hello kitty thing that's kind of like a latte they pour a bit of water on it a plush toy comes out one and done do you know what i mean but i'd say these kids just love toy experiences do you know even if it's just one just so they can get a video for, of, for their tiktok is it the way it should be going probably not You know, you're having to go to McDonald's for the wasteful energy of not having any good plastic toys, replacing them with fucking cardboard toys. But yeah, you'll do one and done uh, Hello Kitty latte toys. Who am I to judge? I'm I'm going to give her two stars. I kind of zoned out here. Then you have a live band singing Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo. Sounds fucking amazing. Too many guitarists, though. One of them is constantly playing an F chord, and the other is constantly playing an A chord. Drummer's killing it. Singer is a fucking star. She's going to be huge. She was absolutely incredible and um i just made me realize that I actually had not heard the song before so that was quite cool and then i've just been listening to vampire by olivia rodrigo loads then you got carol and her kids are in australia you know exactly where this is going they send the video saying oh we'd love to be home oh, Ah, blah, blah blah and then the ma her daughter walks out on stage cameraman freaks out turns the camera off <laughs> then they're like oh forget you didn't see Soda." and then like well do you know what they're actually not it's not just a video they're actually here and you're like, this has all happened so fast. Like, where is the suspense? Where is Ollie? And how long have they been away, Carol? And what would you do to see them again? You know? And how long have they been gone? And is she your only daughter? Twist, twist, twist. Pull those heartstrings tighter, tighter, tighter. But none of that. It's like, oh, do you miss them? Yeah, I do. Well, they're here. Okay. You know? And like, was there not more of a story to it? Do you know what I mean? I, I, or, or, you know, like Army Dad. Or something like that. You know? I'm just saying, I don't know. If the, I think the snort, the story was a bit vanilla oh, they live in Australia, uh, and here they are, you know, Um, but every time I see these fucking coming home from Australia stories, I'm like, fuck no, my kids better not fucking leave me, go to Australia, I'm going to bring them to Australia, when Sonny's like 10, and when Indy's like 7, I'm going to go to Australia, and I'm going to go meet some like uh, Steve Irwin type, but like the worst one a one review, one star Yelp reviewed Steve Irwin Man of the Bush, Bushman, right? To bring us on a safari. And I'm gonna get my son stung with a fucking black widow. And I'm gonna get my daughter stung with a scorpion or a snake or something like that. Not one that's like you know, not like a maybe not a black widow, but like something bad that'd be like really hurt and we'll have to go to hospital for like two days, right? not not gonna die anything like that you know we'll get the you know the venom into them in time but just so they would be like do you know what actually dad I don't think I ever wanna go back to Australia oh really son oh okay oh that's okay son don't you worry about that Turn turned to my wife like, yes yes and you said I was insane planning this for 10 years you said I was insane planning <laughs> biting my son with a fucking snake for 10 years but look at this worst case scenario what are I gonna do America I can deal with America you know and uh, they're never leaving me, but look overall my review I would say Keelty did a competent job. he always felt like it was a safe hands. It was not cringe like it normally can be um but I thought it was low risk low reward, and I think with tubs, you get high risk, sometimes high cringe, and sometimes high reward um for as as empathetic as Keelty is and He's a man who's not afraid of hiding his emotions. And I think that's what we need to see on TV a lot more. And it was great to see. Um, I still think there's a big, big fucking, you know, tubberty shaped hole uh, in that show with the greatest respect to Guilty. Tubbs is on the way out anyway or whatever. But um, I still think Tubbs, number one, come at me if you disagree. Listen, I am going to be performing in Vicar Street. On the 5th of April, 2024, and tickets are available now on my link in bio. Go to my Instagram for all details, or just go on Ticketmaster and look up Tony Cantwell. They're not on sale just yet. They're going to be on sale on Thursday. Uh, they've been announced today, my show, in Vicker Street. More dates to be announced. I'll be touring all over Ireland. I'll be touring, uh, hopefully, a couple of UK dates. Definitely London. Don't you worry. I keep saying I'm coming to London, but I definitely am. Um, and, uh, but it's kicking off in Vicar Street on the 5th of April. April 2025. That is a 2024. That is a Friday. Um, and I will see you there. Also, if you're in London on Thursday, this Thursday, I'll see you there. I'm going to be in the London Irish Centre. Me and Alison Spittle are presenting Not The Late Late Toy Show, where we're going to have a crazy act of drag, of singing, of dancing, of games, of audience interactions with myself and Alison Spittle, And a lot of fun. And we're even going to have some Late Late Toy Show guests maybe making an appearance in digital artificial form. It's going to be a lot of fun. So do come to that show. That's in the London Irish Centre in London. Uh, And there's tickets, a handful of tickets still available uh, likely will sell out. But look, thanks very much for listening to this podcast. I love you. Thank you to Headstuff for um, editing this podcast and publishing it. All the best. Bye-bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the podcast studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.